online events are not just about taking your in-person event and conducting them online. There's different ways of learning. There's different ways of presenting. And we have to be much more engaging and more intentional in every aspect of program planning. Welcome to For the Record, where we go on the record with today's leading influencers and experts to discuss the latest trends in legal innovation and the business of law. I'm your host, Erin Harrison, and today we're joined by Betsy Roach, the Executive Director of CLOCK. Before joining CLOCK earlier this year, Betsy spent more than a decade as the Executive Director of the Legal Marketing Association. And today, Betsy joins us to share her experience in what it takes to transition from a mainstay, in-person industry event to a virtual event, and shares with us an inside look at what folks can expect from the Global Institute coming up on November 10th. So Betsy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Erin. It's great to be here. So excited to have you. And I, you know, I think earlier in the year, many of us were still sort of holding out hope that clock would still be able to go forward with a live event. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly that was not the case. Um, and here we are now six months later. And as others have done, clock has had to pivot from an in-person event, uh, which you would traditionally have the event in Las Vegas, I believe, um, to offering a live virtual event. So just before we actually jump into our questions, I think our audience would love to hear a little bit more about your background as well as your role at CLOCK um, because you joined CLOCK, I believe, just this past May, coming into your new role at a really interesting time. Yeah, it's been uh, definitely an interesting time. Um, But my professional background is somewhat varied, but there is a common theme of community and building relationships. I've dedicated my career to helping others develop theirs. And as you mentioned, most recently, um, I served as the executive director for the Legal Marketing Association, but I've also worked in other areas of law. I worked for a law firm in San Francisco, and I also worked for the American Bar Association, and so have had um, different perspectives in the legal industry. Um, And all of those jobs have played a significant role in creating that path for me to join CLOCK and serve as CLOCK's first executive director. So really excited to take on this challenge. And several of my roles have been first. I really like building things and creating structure. And I'm here to help scale the organization. There's such a phenomenal, strong foundation, and we have such an exciting future. So I'm really thrilled to lead the board strategically and help them chart the future and then turn and work with our talented staff team to tactically fulfill on that strategy. And for me personally, I really love this type of role and get a lot of fulfillment and being part of the professional growth and development for others. So I guess this has sort of been trial by fire for you yeah, coming yeah. coming in when you did. <laughs> um, what was, you know, what was early 2020 like uh, yeah. for you? And, you know, would we'll love to hear about what it's been like just to have to take this in-person event and actually make it a successful virtual event, especially with yeah. so many other virtual events happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it 2020 started out 
with a bang for clock. We had a successful London Institute in January where we had over 500 attendees and planning was underway for our Vegas Institute in May where we expected over 2,500 attendees. And, you know, clock institutes are the place to connect, learn, and collaborate. And so we really were excited on coming off the heels of London, going into Vegas, and then even looking to September 2020 when we were planning a um, a Singapore Institute. So the board of directors, like as you know, they were on it um, and really monitored the COVID situation. And when it became apparent we wouldn't be able to move forward with our Vegas Institute, they acted pretty quickly. And we have an excellent relationship with the team at the Bellagio Hotel. And with some outstanding negotiations by our events team, we were able to cancel our contract for May of 2020 with the Bellagio at no penalties. So really just great teamwork all around on that. And so the board then really focused on pivoting our 2020 annual plan. Uh, They knew that they wanted to continue with the hiring of the first executive director, um, but then they had to shift to developing a virtual education plan. That got added to the list. So our webinar series that was held in the late spring and through the summer, that was created out of the pandemic. We knew that at some point we'd want to add webinars to our portfolio of services, but the pandemic forced that sooner. Uh, so that was really one of the positives uh, that from our point of view of the pandemic was our ability and, and opportunity to implement those webinars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly there was a lot to pull together uh, between then and now and just curious yeah. why you how you guys settled on November yeah and, you know yeah. is there any concern about there sort of being any virtual event fatigue I know that there was yeah. a lot of zoom fatigue happening um what's your take on that yeah a uh, great question um you know and things have changed so rapidly back in June and July as we started to plan for January 2021 and another London Institute, we had to develop a few scenarios, right? Things were changing on a daily, if not hourly basis back then. And it quickly became apparent that we would not be able to do January 2021 in London in person. So again, worked with the hotel to move that event to January 2022. And so at the time we were thinking, well, let's then hold a virtual event in January, 2021 to replace that in-person event. Um, Because we were still thinking we'll be able to get together in May, 2021 to be in person. Mm -hmm. Um, But as things started settling down, um, we really felt we needed something to bring our community together and waiting until 2021 just seemed too long. So we really looked at that narrow window of mid-October, taking into consideration, right, all the holidays and the U.S. election and events that other organizations in the legal space were holding. There were lots of pieces to that puzzle. And so we identified the November 10th date that really would work best for for all, all factors considered. Mm-hmm. In terms of that Zoom fatigue you mentioned, absolutely, that's really that is definitely a challenge for so many things going online and virtually. But, you know, 
online events are not just about taking your in-person event and conducting them online. There's different ways of learning. There's different ways of presenting. And we have to be much more engaging and more intentional in every aspect of program planning. And we think we're delivering on that next week. Um, and if we don't, we certainly want to know so that we can improve for the next online event. Um, because I really believe online events, virtual events, they are now always going to be a component of any in-person event that we do, right? There's, they're always going to be a factor. And that Zoom fatigue, that virtual event fatigue, it's just too easy for people to get distracted and multitask. Um, and so we, mm -hmm. we really have to change our organization around the presentation of the information in all aspects. Yeah, and I think on the flip side too, that there are positives to, you know, a virtual format where people actually find it more convenient to be able to yeah. kind of dip in and dip out, um, you know, attend the sessions that are important to them and then, you know, flip back and pivot back to their work um, and so on. Exactly. So um, that being said, you know, what are some of the benefits that you see as having a virtual event versus in person? Yeah, great question. And it really varies on your perspective. Like for our attendees, right, they're connecting from all over the world. This year's event, we're having over a thousand legal professionals with all these high profile brands and midsize and small companies. It's an incredibly smart and talented community of people that are eager to share, uh, share and professionally evolve. So I'm really excited to watch the networking and the discussions that, that unfold for our sponsors, we are so appreciative of the support and couldn't make an event like this happen without them. And our exhibit hall is really a key part of the experience at our institutes. And our sponsors and exhibitors have absolutely risen to the occasion in this new online setting. So these are companies innovating to advance the business of law. So it's kind of no surprise that of how adaptable they are. But that's really exciting to see the multiple solutions and technologies that are going to be available. For our staff team, we this Global Institute, it's the culmination of a lot of hard work. There's no real template for this. We've had to figure it all out from the platform to the program to all the pieces of engagement and the networking opportunities. And we're really excited, as I mentioned, to bring this event forward. And so while moving to virtual was born out of necessity, this modern way that like I see it as a modern way of delivering education, it's really given us an amazing opportunity to reach new audiences. We have representation from six continents. It's just people in Antarctica that are not, uh, are not participating <laughs> next week. But, wow. you know, so we're going to get this worldwide sharing of experiences and, and, and perspectives. And, you know, another uh, um, benefit of having virtual events has has been on just kind of a side note, has been the ability for CLOCK to expand our global connections. For years, we have had requests to hold an institute in many parts of the world. And it's just not possible. We just can't be everywhere. But now Mary O'Carroll, in her role as board president, she is able to participate in so many global events and share excitement, not only about CLOCK, but the legal operations profession. On Monday evening, 
She was a guest speaker at Peking University Law School in, in one of their law school classes. She's also spoken at several conferences in Europe and South America and Singapore. So, you know, so that ability to just expand our global footprint has been another really um, nice thing about having virtual events. Absolutely. I would say so. Yeah. I've heard um, just from others on the sponsorship side um, at about other events that some exhibit halls haven't really worked or translated. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It's, it's difficult to do it's in a hard. setting. So, yep. um, yeah, and I know you, you guys are very cognizant of that. So what are you guys doing that's different? to make it more engaging? Yeah, it's a great question because we're aware of that as well. We have worked with um, our sponsors and exhibitors. One of the things we have is, are some Uber Eats coupons, right? So that lunch can be on the the sponsor, the exhibitor to, to provide that with um, as a benefit for people that they network. Um, you know, food draws in all, all, uh, uh, lots of people. Um, um, and and it's also just about ensuring that you know, there's the opportunity f to follow up afterwards as well. That yes, you want to be staffed and and in that day long, and we know this is a long day um, to have those interactions. Um, but there's also going to be opportunities to 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 share and network with people after the fact too. So it, it, it is very much about being there in person um, and, and driving people to the exhibit hall. And we're doing everything we can to get that word out and to encourage our people to build into the program the time so that our attendees can visit and, and get out to, to do that networking and, and learn. That's great. Um, and, and now looking ahead to 2021, yeah. um, do you guys expect, I know that everyone's trying to <clears throat> predict the future a little bit, but do you expect that an in-person event could potentially happen next year? I know a lot of other big organizers are already looking into 2022. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great. Again, great question. We actually have just made, we haven't even announced it yet. So this is, you're hearing it now for the first time, but we just made the decision to shift our previously scheduled May 2021 Vegas Institute to late September. Um, we are cautiously optimistic that the world's going to be safe to meet face to face by that time next year. But you know what? Again, things are continuing to change. And so there's still so much gray area in that. So we're continuing to develop contingency plans so that if we have to pivot again, we'll do that. Um, what we are 100% committed to, though, is providing platforms in 2021 whether it's virtual, in-person, or a hybrid model that brings our community together so that we can learn and connect and collaborate. So That's stay great. tuned for more on that. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and how about, you know, giving us a little bit more of a peek into 2021 for just clock as an organization? Yeah, we, um, you know, we are going to be looking at new formats and ways to engage. So we're going to be doing a deep dive into our education and content strategy. We've already started a lot of that just in the last couple of months since I joined. But to really understand how we need to continue to evolve and grow so that we can best serve our audience now and 
in the future. And so while we'll be fleshing out our 2021 education playbook uh, more formally in the next month or two, uh, we just know that we're going to be offering more. Um, the other thing that is exciting for Clock in the future is, you know, as the business of law continues to evolve, we have really seen that there is space for that trusted, dedicated platform for the entire legal ecosystem to connect and collaborate. That's really always been the vision for Clock. And next week, um, or actually, tomorrow uh, for people when you're listening to this. Um, but Mary O'Carroll will be announcing that we are going to launch a new solution that's really designed to engage the wider audience because our part of our strategic mission is really about transforming the entire legal industry. And so we need to have that, um, that space for that full engagement. Now, I've seen Clock actually, when it formed as like a smaller regional organization, become this larger global organization with a lot of influence. So just curious about maybe how the mission of Clock has evolved since its early beginnings and to what it's grown into now. Yeah, and you know, I can't speak too much to the early days. I was I wasn't a part of it, but um, from what I understand, it really was always a part of the mission and the the vision was to have the um, you know space for the entire ecosystem to to collaborate and to connect. And now we're really going to be able to do that going into twenty twenty one. That we really want to be that place for convening and collaborating on the disruption of law. And while we really always want to maintain that exclusive forum for in-house corporate legal ops professionals, right? That is, that's primary at, at the heart of our mission. We really want to expand from law firm participants to all in the ecosystem to join the conversation. So academics, vendors, consultants, students, and so really are going to set that stage to get contributions from the entire industry. Well, we are excited. And um, for those who are listening before the event happens, um, I'm assuming there's still time to register, Betsy, and what are what is some of the information for folks listening? Yeah, absolutely. We can take registration right up uh, and into the event. The direct link to go to is online.clock.org, online.cloc.org. So we really look forward to having people join uh, the disruption and the conversation on improving the delivery of legal services. That's great. Thanks, Betsy. Great. Thanks for joining us today. It's always great to speak with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Erin. Thanks for listening to this episode of For the Record. You can listen to more episodes of For the Record wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or go to platform.com forward slash for the record. That's platform with a number four. Platform helps established leaders as well as emerging growth companies articulate how cutting-edge technologies and services are reshaping and reinventing the world we live in. Until next time, I'm Erin Harrison.